millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Dead Rock Stars with Mick Wall and Joel McIver. All right, I'm going to start this week. So let me start with a really, you know, exciting way of putting this. Welcome to another edition of Dead Rock Stars with me and a man I, I consider an old friend in the sense that he's not anymore, Joel <laughs> McIver. Former friend. And this week, we're going to be doing Elvis Presley. Right, hey, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Elvis Presley, I'm so excited about this. I mean, he's probably the artist that I fear we won't be able to fit into 45 minutes most. Well, well there's try. no reason we have to fit it into 45 minutes, you know, if 10 will do. I like it. He had the same philosophy when it came to cheeseburgers. Hmm? He certainly did. He certainly, but let's not. Let's start at the beginning. Let's start at the, the beginning. Um, first book I ever read about music was. No. It was that bloody Albert Goldman biography of Elvis. Oh, really? Which I think was just called Elvis. Came out in the mid eighties when I was a teenager, and I read it out of curiosity. And my God, anyone listening to this who's read it will be shaking their heads in uh, in sympathy at this point because have you read it? Yeah, of course. Oh, my yeah. God, it's this absolute evisceration of poor old Elvis the pelvis. But Goldman made a, a career out of that. He did another one on Lennon. Mm, he did, yeah. And he was doing one on Morrison when he died, right? I don't know what he was doing yeah, at yeah. that point, no. But I met Goldman and interviewed him. <laughs> what was he like? New York Jewish intellectual, mm-hmm. very good writer, came from the jazz age. I think, you know, if he'd been honest, he'd have admitted his Elvis book and his Lennon book lacked yeah. a personal connection because he came from an earlier era he's you've got to stop drinking and eating while we're doing this because we can hear you silently doesn't work his first book had been a biography of lenny bruce mm-hmm. amazing book particularly mm. the opening chapter that came out in the sort of late 70s and he clearly really enjoyed lenny bruce didn't flinch from telling the, yeah. the dirty stuff but got Lenny Bruce he Mm. got Lenny Bruce Mm. I don't think he got the Beatles and as for Elvis you know there have been some other books written on Elvis that are deeply brilliant about his early career Goranic yep absolutely Uh, Mystery Train yep that takes it up to when Elvis goes into the army (laughs) and then there's a second book which covers the next period Mm -hmm. but there have been some fabulous books written Grail Marcus of course wrote a great Elvis book Mm There have been many like that. The guy, Jerry Hopkin, who co-wrote yes. uh, No One Here Gets Out Alive, yeah. he wrote a great Elvis biography yeah. on the suggestion of Jim Morrison because hmm. Jim and Jerry were actually friends, mm. whereas um, Danny, Danny... Sugarman. Yeah, Danny was like 12 years old when Jim Morrison was around. Mm. Jerry was older and was a contemporary writing for Rolling Stone, yeah. and they both loved Elvis. You know, Jim Morrison worshipped 
Elvis. <laughs> and it was Jim's idea that um, Jerry should do that. So Goldman's thing was kind of, you know, sold as a corrective. You know, what else can you say about Elvis? Well, I'll tell you about all the... Um, Less appealing aspects of his personality. Yes, because in context, mm. you know, pre-social media, pre all these music documentaries we're now used to seeing, yeah. pre all the revealing biographies that now exist, mm. back in the 70s, I mean, there's one fantastic detail Goldman came up with in his... He came up with many, but one in particular always sticks in my mind, mm. where... Because mm. Elvis was a junkie. Yes. But at the same time, Elvis, you know, was anti-drugs. Mm. And he justified it in his mind by getting prescriptions from doctors. Yes. He justified shooting up painkillers by the fact that he didn't tie up his arm and yeah. hit a vein. Yeah. He, what we call, popped. He muscle popped. And Goldman said, had a red dye been put over Elvis's corpse just to show the pinpricks, <laughs> it would have covered his entire body. Well, so... When I read that book as a kid, my overweening impression when I walked away was that it was just one massive tragedy. And I know that's not the whole story, so that's what we're going to explore now. Right, I have to ask you first of all, are you a fan of Elvis Presley's work? Absolutely. Yeah. I grew up in the 60s and... I thought you were going to say you grew up in Tupelo, Mississippi. Well, I was born in Tupelo, Mississippi, <laughs> a, a poor black child. Um, <laughs> but by the 60s I was living in London and I joined the Beatles. And um, Elvis was an ever-present. You All know. over the radio? Yeah, I mean, some of my earliest musical memories. Because when you're a child, you know, Elvis singing Teddy Bear yeah. is no less relevant than Elvis singing Jailhouse Rock. Right, no, totally. But Did you watch was... the films out of interest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, don't forget, I grew up in a world where there were two TV channels. <laughs> So there might be, you know, a Labour Party political broadcast right. on one side, and on the other side, Blue Hawaii. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. what are you going to watch? Yeah, right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, thank you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and they were fun. They I were like fun. People go, people go on and like, oh, it was really weird. They were fun. They have something, don't they? It's like Cliff yeah. Richard doing yeah, Summer yeah. Holiday or yeah, Tommy yeah. Steele doing whatever the hell he did, you know. Yeah. They weren't meant to be movies for the ages. It wasn't Marlon Brando mumbling mm. into his chest. You know, this yeah. was Elvis with a load, awesome of, Wells, yeah. load of girls in short skirts driving fast cars by the beach because each movie was exactly the same as the one before. I mean... Yeah, in this one, he's a racing car driver and needs a new engine. Yeah. In this one, he's a mechanic and needs enough money to marry his girlfriend. Called Jed. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Hey, Jed. I know. Have you... Barbie's here. One of the uh, nuggets of information I got uh -huh. from Goldman's book uh -huh. was that by the end of his movie career, they were taking 17 days to get the whole thing done. Not just shot, but yeah. completely done, produced ready. Yeah, and probably moaning that it took so long. He'd do whole albums in the morning, you know. Yeah. Okay, and his cultural penetration was massive, right? He was the He's, global star. Right? He had a lot of penetration. <laughs> hey, listen, Elvis Presley... <laughs> It brings us on to an interesting point. Elvis yeah. had to be one of the most beautiful-looking men that ever lived. You know, people go on about Rudolph Valentino, yeah. but all you see are these sort of hawk-nosed profiles in old yes. black-and-white movies going at the wrong speed. And you go, I get it, good-looking mm. Arab. Yeah. You know, yeah. Dr. Shivago. Yeah, right. You know. Then you get to Elvis, who is the living embodiment of Adonis. Super, super handsome chap. Plus an incredible voice. Mm. Dead rock stars. So but much love. So much love. To go back to the beginning. Back to the start. The beginning. Born in 1935. Mm. 
John Lennon said, who was himself born in, what, 40, 41? That before Elvis, there was nothing. So in context of Elvis getting big in, what, the mid-50s, I guess there probably was not. So, right, I know a bit about his school years, you know, he was an ambitious kid and not very clever, came from terrible poverty. Was, again, quoting Goldman, incredibly in love with his mother. Um, Aren't we all, Charles? Well, we are, and rightly so. Led to some sort of unusual scenes later in life, which I'm sure we'll come to. I hope so, because I don't know what they are. Started quaffing his hair up at the age of 15 in that incredible way. Didn't we all, Joe? (laughs) We tried. (laughs) Certainly tried. Ended up being a truck driver, did he not, right? And then the day came when he popped into uh, that record shop to cut some sides of him singing, right? Mainly to do a birthday present for his mum, yeah. So that was what it was, right? So that was when he first became musical. He had this incredible unschooled voice. Like you, I'm sure I know a few snobs who say I'll only listen to Elvis's son studios. Oeuvre. Well, that's like the people that go, oh, yeah, I like New York, but I hate L.A. You know, they've just heard people say it, yeah, and yeah. so they say it. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about. I'll only listen to Miles Davis pre-Kind of Blue. Yeah. Well, no, including Kind of Blue. All right, yeah, pre-Bitches Brew, probably, you know, that kind of well, pre-electric, you know, yeah, or yeah. pre-Dylan Go Electric. Yeah. Well, people have oh, their yeah. bloody opinions, don't they? Yeah, yeah. on the corner, people have always dizzed, but I, I, that, to me, is a iconic, like, true, iconic... True exemplar of... Uh, true exemplar of an arse-shaped asteroid. Em- envelope being pushed up my nose. Exploding onto the yes. So... Elvis, Elvis yeah. he has this uh, kind of regional career with Sam Phillips at Sun Studios. Distribution is king, so unless you can actually distribute your records into stores in New York... And they know damn good, boy. Well, no one knows you exist. Mm-hmm. You know, people forget America is incredibly vast continent, so mm-hmm. you can be very, very popular in certain states and completely unknown, particularly in those days. Right. Unless you get on national TV. Good old days. I mean, there's not even a thing such as national radio, you know. It's mm, uh, mm, it's impossible because mm. of the time differences and everything. But So he has a string of kind of local hits. He goes on the road. Which was, what, 54, that kind of time? Around about it's that early time. On, 53 yeah, is yeah. probably the earliest. When he, but, was, you know, uh, he was only 18, 53. That's all right, my mama. Oh, I love that song. That's all right, you. So, okay, so what? <laughs> Sam Phillips, the owner of the Sun. <laughs> that's all right. Club style. That's all right. So that's all right, Mama. What was it Sam Phillips said? He said, if I could get... Uh, I can't remember. The, you you probably know the quote better than I do. If I could get black music... If I can get a white kid, it seems like a black man. A black man, then I'll make money out of it. Yeah, Words to that effect. <laughs> Sam Phillips. No, keep it in. Keep all this in. Sam Phillips it's had much this idea. It's interesting to keep it in. Don't, let's not pretend yeah, we know yeah, what the yeah, fuck yeah. we're on about. Sam Phillips had this idea. Famously said... He could combine black music sung by a white man and make a lot of money out of it, right? Which takes us all up to Eminem. <laughs> it does. Thank you for that. Yeah. It's yeah, a whole history digression. of pop music right there. If you can get a white boy Cultural to sing black music, yeah. then you've got yourself a, a big mainstream hit. A bit like when UB40 did Red Red Wine. Very much so. I think they kind of epitomise the appropriation of the black cultural milieu. Red, red, white. Written by who? Famous Rastafarian, Neil Young. No, not Neil Young, Neil Diamond. Neil Diamond. Neil Diamond. Neil Young's always tried to take credit for that. Fuck that guy. It was big Neil Diamond. And also, Chris Rear had down on the beach, and Neil Young had on the beach. Coincidence? I, I think, think not. not. <laughs> <laughs> also, Testament and David Bowie both had arms called low. Coincidence? I, I think, think not. not. So Elvis, the pelvis, has got a, a rocking good 
career. He doesn't have to work. He's well. He does have to work. He doesn't have to do a regular job. Yeah, yeah. And we jump forward a bit, but right? We've only just got him doing. That's all right, Mama. This is what I'm talking about. That period. Right. Okay. What so was that he, period? I'm trying to tell you. Mm-hmm. So um, he's working every night. He's on the, in the station wagon. He's doing shows. He's Grand got Ol- a, Opry in Nashville. All that stuff. Mm. But that's as far as it can go. You know, Sam Phillips is a local guy who's doing really nicely, thank you. Mm. The man who comes along with the plan is Colonel Tom Parker. Oh, fuck. When did he come along? At this particular (laughs) juncture. He comes along and says, right, I can turn this schmuck into a buck. And um, long story short, because we we could spend hours just on this one year, you know. And on Colonel Um, Tom Parker. Colonel Tom Parker comes along and negotiates deals with RCA. Mm. Sam gets a nice payoff, yada yada. But what's the big breakthrough national hit that RCA released? Come I'm going to say Heartbreak Hotel. Shoulders are going now. You see, you can't you can't sing the song without doing an Elvis. So catch a. It, it was is. that song. It is, and it changed when when Heartbreak Hotel exploded onto, onto the, the scene. scene. It changed the face of music nothing forever. Would ever, nothing would ever be the same. Nothing would ever be the same. <laughs> oh my god! But in this case, it's true. It's like the big bang explosion in rock music. <sighs> Let's not forget you had Little Richard, you had Chuck Berry, Carl Perkins. Absolutely, you had mm. uh, Bill Haley. You know, very influential. Uh, <laughs> Did you ever see the photo of the Million Dollar Quartet? Oh, with Johnny Cash, Johnny Cash, Elvis, Elvis, Carl Perkins, Jerry Lee Lewis, Jerry Lee Lewis must yeah. have been. They, they all show. They all killer boy. They all yeah, lovely man. Killer, love to meet him. Killer boy. There are four of them are pictured sitting at the piano in Sam Studios. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if they rec- oh they did record because there's a little bit of music that you can hear, but um, nothing ever coalesced other than that. Amazing, really. Well, it's a bit like those early cash. pictures of Mustaine, Ulrich, Hetfurton, and mm, mm, mm. another bloke who never made it. You know, right. it's very it similar. It is like that. <laughs> Somewhat. That's the $100 Yeah, they quartet. were $150. <laughs> $120 plus change. <laughs> so, Colonel is uh, what they call a carny. Yeah, yeah, he was he's a Dutch a, immigrant, was he not? Yes, but they didn't know that. They no. just knew him as a guy that looked like yeah, Colonel Sanders. The hat, mm. the cigar... You know, yes, they found out later he was a Dutchman, didn't yeah. have a passport. If yeah. he left the United States, he'd never get back in. He's basically a con man. He's like Del Boy writ large, but in but America. He made Elvis' career, though, right? Well, he certainly gave him the opportunity to become a huge star, yeah. Mm, well, yeah. I mean, he negotiated the deal with RCA. Suddenly he is doing TV and national radio. And what happened when he did TV? Well, he exploded onto the scene. He exploded. His penis exploded onto the scene and well, was not allowed to be shown. According to the news, well, they said his hips, didn't they? Well, hips, penis. Swivel hips. Yeah. He um, was only pictured from the waist up because the sight of his gyrating pelvis. The whole generation of girls melted, apparently. Well, it was depraved. It would deprave them. They would become <laughs> depraved and run Good around word. the streets, exploding onto Holding, the scene. Holding burning everywhere. torches and like setting hands on fire. I love it. Yeah. Which is actually true. Let's be fair. Let's be fair. That would have happened. But at the same time, John Lennon, Robert Plant, Bob Dylan, a whole generation of people. Bowie? Yeah, absolutely, Bowie. Everybody that was young and had never seen this before, Mm. this was like the first man on the moon. You Mm -hmm. know, Mm -hmm. 
no one even knew there was a moon until Elvis landed on it, you know? <laughs> I do like your uh, astronomical metaphors. You've already said that it was like the Big Bang. Well, I, now I, uh, you're saying it's like the moon. Yeah, well, I want you to invoke a galaxy at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So when did he make it over here? I mean, when was same the first time, same time. Heartbreak Hotel, 55, something like that. I think it was 55, 56. Well, they can Google, can't they? they I can. I, that needn't detain us. The point is he had, a, he had a couple of years there where he was hotter than a pistol. You know, it, it wasn't mm. just a case of, so that when Mark Bolan becomes famous or John Lennon becomes famous or Axel Rose or you know, Lars Ulrich, who was Britney born Spears. famous, you know. Shanks and Bigfoot. You got it. There were no rock idols before Elvis. Before Elvis, the nearest was probably Frank Sinatra in his uh, Bobby Socks years. Yeah, all that kind of uh, crooning Perry Como stuff. Yeah, which was which was for the girls. Pleasant. Girls would scream at that, you know. Mm. What did the lads listen to then back then? Jazz, yeah. Right, Charlie right. Parker, Louis Armstrong, Duke Ellington. Okay, right. Yeah. Miles Davis. Yeah, right. Okay. That was what the lads um, listened to. But they also listened to Little Richard and stuff. But those were race records, and you could only listen mm. to them on race stations. Black. It's mad, Th- isn't These it? days they call them urban. You There's cannot... always a word for black. It's urban, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's race, you know. I know. It's ghettoized. There's, no, um, there's no rural music, is there? Well, there is. They call it country. No, but I meant, like, for me, growing up in Somerset near a pig farm. Oh, there is. It's called the Wurzels. <laughs> Um, you cannot talk I've got a brand new I heard you went from the Wurzels mm. to Metallica mm. and I can Overnight. see that I can see that I mm. see the connection it's because a combine harvester is metal there you go there you go and being a pig fucker yeah, well, that's also please. metal pig, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. so Elvis you from separate. his pig fucking background yeah. <laughs> ends up the biggest star in America and the world and then comes this bizarre seemingly bizarre moment where he goes into the army 1957 people say oh well he was inducted called up bullshit what happened Colonel Tom Parker put him into the army. Why did he do such a thing? That's the question. That's the $64 billion question. And what's the $64 billion answer? Well, there's only theories. The theory is, because they had him recording shitloads of material before he went in. It was only, what was it, a year away, two years? Two years. In Germany? Yeah, where he meets uh, Priscilla. Oh, yeah, where he, he meets 14, 14 years, years old. Year old Priscilla, which is like marrying age in Tupelo, you know. Mm. I mean, that's grandmother age in Tupelo. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, you're in your grave by then. But um, the theory, the modern theory, it changes over the years, of course. The mm. modern theory is that Elvis really, really did explode onto the scene, as it were. He was becoming beyond the colonel's control. Ah. I mean, serious, serious money and interest from people all over the world. Being a very rich white guy connected to major corporations, you're not going to get drafted into the army unless... You, you want to be he did it as a huge publicity stunt yeah on one level a superficial level it kills off the he's a degenerate he's a subversive commie baiting pig fucker (laughs) you know on a more deep level it gives the colonel a level of retains a level of control that goes beyond. I mean, yeah. goes beyond. I mean, the hair, the symbolic hair being yeah, they, cut Yeah, they off. filmed him getting his sideburns shaved yeah, off, didn't yeah. they? And when he came back, the first big gig the colonel got him was to appear on the Frank Sinatra show. <laughs> Sinatra hated Elvis, like regarded him as scum, you know, because Sinatra came from a sophisticated mm, New cut. York... You know, mafia connected. Drink your highball and look smart yeah. with your suit on. Hey, you. Uh, 
Ooh, they knocked my water over. Oh, nearly spilled I didn't my, I mean, my jack. <laughs> I didn't knock my jack over into my car. My Harvey Warbanger. I do like a Harvey Warbanger. Uh, Harvey Warbanger, is it me too? Is that what you just said? Yeah, Harvey did, did Harvey Warbanger oh, have see. you in a room? No, no, I'm with you. I think I'm... Did he promise you a podcast no, if you just knelt down? I promised you a podcast. So he did, didn't he? Minds. See, if you don't say no, that means yes. No, I'm just improving so, at this point. So, he comes Presley, back, though. but mm. Sinatra hates Elvis. He hates everything he stands for. Mm. You know, who is this jerk, you know? (laughs) I'm with Nelson Riddle and his orchestra. I do quality shit. Mm. And I've been around a long time. Screaming Girls, I had them. Mm. I'm beyond that. I do movies. Mm. But even at this point, Sinatra is smart enough to realise, you know, a bit like Mark Boland getting the Damned on tour. You know, let's get the new sensation on my show and we can Mm. Mm. cross-pollinate our credibility and our audience. Yeah. Yeah, right. Good. good. um, I like where this is going. So the colonel sees all this and seizes on it and Elvis just does what the fuck he's told because he's a good boy. He says, yes, sir. Uneducated southern lad. Yes, sir. No, ma'am. You you bet. Yes, sir. You bet, sir. You bet, ma'am. And that leads us into the 60s where two things happen. The Beatles come along who (laughs) suddenly make Elvis look as prehistoric as a dinosaur. Mm. And again, the colonel sees this as, that's okay because we're going to go to Hollywood and make a load of cheesy movies and make a load of big bucks. Albert Goldman's conclusion was that Elvis never wanted to be a rock star, he wanted to be a movie star. And whether or not that's true, I could not possibly say. Can I just check, is Albert Goldman the only thing you've ever read on Elvis? No, I read Because we seem to to be referencing rather a lot. Well, yes, you're quite right, I am doing, and that's not because I haven't read other Elvis books, it's because it was the first music book I read and it made this huge impact on me. Clearly. Yeah, no, I remember every page. Thank you very um, much. So through all this, I mean, he was making insane amounts of music, right? Partly because a lot of it was the film soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, nonsense, yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. A hula hula baby. Okay, what I want to ask is, when did he become a meme, you know, a trope, a joke, a, uh, it's fat Elvis, you know, rich well, in his not, mansion taking well, drugs? Well, not till the 70s. Okay, we'll come to the singer special in 68, um, which um, was amazing. The, the 60s is still a malleable time. I mean, yeah, right. you know, he'd made King Creole... Jailhouse Rock. These are very credible movies. There comes a kind of sliding doors moment where he can be Montgomery Cliff, Marlon Brando, James Dean. Maybe not the same acting talent, but certainly those kind of movies. Or he can become... You know, the people say Cliff was the English Elvis. Well, the early 60s, Elvis becomes the American (laughs) Cliff, you know. The American Tommy Steele. I mean... American Sid James, the famous South African comedian. From Australia, yeah. <laughs> His name's Sydney. What more do you need? <laughs> yeah, no, you can put it like that. Come yeah, on, <laughs> fate accomplished. His name's not Johannesburg, is it? After yeah. all. <laughs> <laughs> so there are serious filmmakers that want to make these movies with Elvis, yeah. but the Colonel stimmies it because what he sees is things beyond his ken. He doesn't want people that work with Brando and Montgomery Cliff mixing with Elvis because the first thing they're going to do is say, lose the fucking Colonel. Fucker can't read a book, let alone a script. Mm. Fucker doesn't know who Stanley Kubrick is, Mm. but he knows how to get a crazy chicken dance going and charge you a hundred bucks a piece, you know. He's an old carny that lucks the fuck out with... Did people the... actually say this, have this conversation with Helvis, do you think? What, get rid of Lose the... the idiot. Absolutely. Of course they did. I don't think they used the words lose the idiot so much mm. as... I mean, I'll give you an example. Mm. You mentioned the 68 comeback special. Mm. The big bone of contention for the colonel while they were doing that, and for people that don't know, you can see it on YouTube, 
He's out of a movie contract because his movies have now started selling less and less and less. Mm. So the studio actually drops him. Mm. The colonel confects to get him a residency at Las Vegas, which even these days is considered the graveyard slot, you know. But back then, well, what are you, Dean Martin, Mm. Sammy Davis? Mm. You know, and those are the cutting edge guys of Vegas. Mm. You know, really, you're talking Pat Boone. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, you're talking, you know, the end of the road, except he's still a young man. Yeah. But almost by accident comes this offer to make a Christmas special. And the guys that made the 68 special, as it became, were Elvis fans. And they were the ones that talked him into putting on the leathers. They were the ones that that worked with him on trying to get a live band. And at one point, the colonel, and I wish I could remember the director, producer's name of the city. Google it, fans. Ian, put it in. In mixed voice. Um, Put it in like that, Ian. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, Steve Binder, baby. And uh, Elvis and this guy get summoned to the colonel's office. And the guy recalls it as Elvis like, yes, sir, yes, sir, oh, no, you know, like really. a little boy. And in there, the colonel's sitting with a big cigar going, it has come to my attention that while you've been making this fucking thing, whatever you're making, you have not done a Christmas song. Get a fucking Christmas song done. And Elvis like, yes, sir, yes, sir, uh-huh. yes, sir. Elvis is leaving the office. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> so we have they, a Christmas song. A, a Christmas song. Yeah, Christmas that's, that's, yes, a sir, much, that's, a, that's a much better impersonation. We're so, all for a nose window. Thank you very much. What would it be like if Elvis met Metallica? No, met Bill. Bill, Bill who? Ward. Uh, well, hi there, Bill. Uh, my name's Elvis. I'm from uh, Mississippi. Who are you? Hello, Elvis. Fucking hell. That's not very good. Uh, you're, a fan of my, you're a fan of my work, boy? Yes, I am. I think it's wonderful. Hello, Bonza. Hello, Elvis. Can I just say, Bill Ward is a friend of mine. I feel guilty about saying that. Oh, you're a friend of yours. You haven't got any fucking friends, and neither has Bill. <laughs> Here, so Elvis does the... He's such a suck-ass, isn't he? Like, I am. Oh, Bill Ward's a friend of I mine. I yeah, am. No, yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, he did the same special... I saw Bill. He was went, Joel I've never fucking met a bloke called Joel. And who... Fuck uh, that guy. And what, pray, was the Christmas song that Elvis performed at the singer special? I don't fucking know. Uh, Christmas, you know. Blue <laughs> Christmas. The Joe Starkings on the tree. <laughs> See, now that's an Elvis impersonation. I thought that was all right, yeah. That was very good, no, yeah. Not yeah. too bad, man. The point being, to circle back, is that they went ahead and made this thing. The Colonel didn't even watch it, you know, just made the money. But after it, there was such a great reaction. Yeah, well, it is amazing. Because it's 1968, the year that album sales overtake singles for the first time. The year that, you know, the Beatles, the Doors... French Revolution, or rather not French Revolution, the Student Revolution in Paris. The French Revolution occurs, you know. The the Student Revolution in Paris. But also San Francisco, London, the death of Martin Luther, the death of Bobby Kennedy. Martin Luther King, they're two different people. Martin Luther King Jr., if you want to be a mm-hmm. Yeah, Martin Luther it. was the responsible for the Protestant yeah. church. Yeah, Martin Luther King was Martin Luther King Jr.'s dad. <laughs> okay, so fuck that guy! Martin Luther Prince, surely, in that case. Martin Luther Prince Rogers Nelson. What are you talking about, mate? Come on. So this went out, and people so liked it. this is 1968, so it goes out, gets a great reaction, and the producer, through him, ends up taking Elvis to a studio yeah. where, in the space of 48 hours, they cut suspicious minds in the ghetto a whole bunch of amazing stuff that will hold him in good stead for the next two or three years Mm. and at that point they were talking about literally a proper Elvis is back the special the records and at that point the colonel stepped in and 
forbid Elvis from ever working with that record producer again because Elvis was getting excited mm. Elvis wanted to tour the world another big oh no 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 <laughs> any chance that anybody could come along and make Elvis a better offer which almost anybody could because the Colonel's commission from Elvis was 50% 50% yeah but that was only on paper you know, famously in Las Vegas, the powers that be in Vegas, you know, Johnny No-Nos mm. and Larry the Donkey. Mm. No, Tiny donkey. Bob. Tiny <laughs> Bob. And <laughs> the joke being that he's massive. Crazy Vinny. Yeah, yeah. Vinny the Shark. Mad-Eye Moody. Said to the Colonel, okay, we want Elvis for, yeah. say, 50 shows in 28 days. Yeah. We will offer $3 million. Yeah. And the Colonel would say, well, that's fine for me, but what are we going to pay the boy? And they would literally have to go, oh, right, okay, well, that three mm. million's for you. Yeah. He also had an unlimited tab in the casino. That's it, yeah. Meanwhile, Elvis goes from this, it's a full storm, what appears to be this incredible renaissance in mm. his career. Mm. You know, 58, he's in the army. 68, he's got the comeback special. And all these great new songs, brilliant new songs. Young man, 33 years old, looked shit hot on that uh, singer special. Went from shit hot mm. to shit mm. in about yeah. three years. Yeah. Burned out. I mean, he did start touring America, mm. but it was in patches, you know, like six weeks, yeah. a few weeks off, six weeks. His personal life starts to unravel. Priscilla, Didn't no longer just. content to live in the gilded palace of Graceland, yeah. walks out with the karate instructor. Yes. Oh, Mike Stolner. A jackass. Anyway, fit lad, unlike Elvis. So Priscilla, we should backtrack a little, a tiny bit if you don't mind. Graceland. I mean, it's this icon of ridiculousness. When did he acquire and move into it and turn this giant, terrible, floating, you know... Well, it kind of came about, you know, I mean... 64. When he first had it, mum and dad lived there. Dad still lived there, Vernon, after Elvis died. You know, it's in Memphis. It's mm. kind of just going from your backyard to the biggest place you can possibly find to buy mm. just outside your backyard. The Beatles showed up there, didn't they? They had a Ev little jam. Everybody showed up there. Mm. You know, I mean, all these groups paid fealty. Is that how you say it? Fealty? That's fealty? good enough for me. Fealty? It's like that. To Elvis. Especially, if you recall, Spinal Tap. Uh, yes, indeed. The great scene in the movie where they go to Graceland <laughs> and they're standing around his grave and they're going, ah, trying to get in tune, ah, since my baby left me, no, ah, see, no, see, since my baby left me. Dead rock stars. Too much fucking perspective. Uh, where the hell are we going? Well, we're talking about Elvis Presley. We are, that's right. A very yeah. famous singer in the 20th century. Uh, he was big and he came back in 68. <laughs> we're talking about how the 60s, it still could have gone right for him. But the Colonel Tom Parker, it becomes this almost demonic force you know there, there are stories of mm. before he would go on stage each night the colonel in vegas the colonel would go into a private room with him mm. and being an old carney he used to do hypnosis and all kinds of things there no there were to very well-founded stories including in your famous albert mm. goldman book mm. Mm. of the colonel hypnotizing him every night jesus there were endless stories of people coming to elvis with offers to do great stuff and Elvis saying, absolutely, I'm absolutely, talk to the colonel. Mm. And the colonel basically having them thrown out. Mm. Mm. Because the colonel wasn't interested in, can Elvis do good work? Could Elvis be a legend yeah. on the same magnitude of all the other amazing entertainers, artists of or the era? Or even make him equivalent money, right? You know, this was the era 
if I'm right, when bands started playing stadiums and reaping tons and tons of cash. Yes. He I mean, didn't really do that no, to the way he could have done. No, definitely yeah, not, yeah, because yeah. it would have meant ceding a certain amount of control. Yeah. And he was <laughs> right. terrified that the minute Elvis actually got a peep outside the cage, he would fly. Mm. Uh, which is probably what would have happened. Mm. So instead, you get this ever decreasing, yeah, circle. spiral or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of, uh, of, of grimness to the point where you know how bad was it? You know, there, there are these terribly sad YouTube clips of Elvis in the last year of his life, oh. and he's on stage and he's clearly overweight, wearing the cape and the suit, and mm. but it's not the appearance that upsets you; it's the fact that he barely string a sentence can't sing his voice is shot yeah and he's just making these crappy jokes it's, it's as if you found the drunkest pop know, singer shit, on a bad night but because it's Elvis people are kind of laughing it off and so, so forth 68 he mm. was peaking I mean Golden. okay he does make some slightly crappy jokes on that thing but that's because he was improving on stage I think he sat down he played beautifully sang amazingly looked ace nine years later he was dead so how do you go from that to being an awful parody of what you had been before. Well, nine years is longer than the Beatles were together to have hits. You 33 know. years of age to 42 years of age. Nine, yes. nine years is just short of what Zeppelin managed in their entire career. So it's a long time, particularly his, in those days. What were the drugs that he started taking then? What got him on the road to it? Well, well these are pharmaceutical drugs. So it's not like saying he took smack no, and no. cocaine. Up and downers, right? Just to keep you going on the road away. No, no. It's like these days it'd be oxy. Yeah, you know, or, it, or um, Vicodin or something like that. Some all of that. Thing, all yeah. of that. In the last year of his life, as an extraordinary figure, I don't have it in front yeah, of you me. You mentioned it on a previous podcast. He had 9,000 pills prescribed to him by one doctor. His personal last, physician, Dr. George Nicolopoulos? Dr. Nick, yeah. Mm-hmm. In the last, hence the Simpsons, Dr. Nick, as well. It's a play on that. <laughs> the last nine months of his life. But in the last two years of his life, again, there was something like 20,000 different pills prescribed. But he had injectables, he had patches, yeah, yeah, all yeah. kinds of stuff. And his excuse was that he had a problem with his colon, I believe, right? And he actually did. It was enlarged. Yeah, but, but because he took so many fucking took drugs, drugs, that's why, yeah. Problem no one was, was taking care of him. No one was there. They were say. all sucking off the fatted teat, you know? Oh, nicely put. Well, I mean, who, who the fuck says to, you know, in mm. the 70s? The money. Don't forget hit. there's no rehab. Yeah. You know, Amy hadn't invented rehab yet in the 70s. You know, it d- didn't exist. Mm. There wasn't a case of let's get you to rehab. It was, oh, you're feeling a bit fucked up. A few pills. Here you go, man. And then at 3 a.m., I'll have a double cheeseburger with right, some so Mars food bars. Was his thing as well. Food is a big, junky thing. Yeah. You know, when you're out of your brain on painkillers, you, you like ice cream. Do you know who told me about a lot about food? food? Glenn Hughes, who I did a book with a few years ago. Well, he was addicted to food, wasn't he? Ah, no, I can debunk that quite neatly, neatly for you. Let's get on to Glenn. Well, we'll quickly talk about Glenn. If- well, let's do that. Because he hasn't been in the podcast for a while. No, God. He told me that when you take Coke for six days or something, don't sleep. What your body craves most at that point is sugar and fat. Right. Because that's what bodies crave when they've been hibernating, right? Uh-huh. So as a result, you cram uh-huh. a million donuts down your face uh-huh. and uh-huh. beer and whatever and all that sugary stuff. Uh-huh. The thing you're referring to was a story in Kerrang. Right? Oh, about Glenn being a food addict. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, where Gary Moore said that he was addicted to Mars oh, bars or okay. whatever the fuck it was. Okay. What had actually okay. happened was that Gary had said Glenn yeah. is addicted to cocaine, oh, yeah. but Jeff Barton took it upon himself to change the word cocaine to Mars bar. Did you not know that? Fuck that guy! Jeff told me that himself. Well, that's and terrible. Glenn but- didn't notice, so I told Glenn. Okay. And it made him feel better. 
Okay. Well, listen, to get it back to Elvis. No, it's relevant though, right? Because when you're a junkie, we're talking about people who stuff terrible amounts of food down their throats. When you're there a, is a junkie, it's not a case of going six days without food. Yeah, it's right. a case of overeating well, continually because yeah. you have a very, very sweet tooth. Yeah. And well, it's a comfort the, thing. The, sure the only are. junkies that get thin are the ones that don't have any money and have to pedal their ass to buy junk. Mm. So they end up living a life of well, shit. You don't see any fat heroin addicts? Elvis Presley, heroin? Jim Morrison. Heroin. What do you think a painkiller is? Uh, it's an opiate of some kind. What is heroin? It's got a different name. It's an opiate. All <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You make a good from point. the poppy. Okay. Okay. Oxycontin. All right. Go on. 100 times stronger than heroin again. same thing All right. okay when you are a junkie and you have a 24 hour chef who's prepared to deep fry you right deep fried bacon wasn't it or something heinous like that something peanut butter peanut butter peanut butter with burger bacon and you always eat the same thing yeah sliced tomatoes and grits or but something sh- Properly uh, deep fried. Yeah, yeah. Three in the morning. He then at five in the morning, you know what? I'm a bit more peckish. Let's mm. have another one of those. He famously got his crew onto his private plane in the middle of the night and they fucked off across the country to get peanut butter and jelly. Um, well, we call them a subs, I guess, like a giant baguette. Now, who else would do that but a fucking junkie out of his I don't brain? Know if, I, if I could do it, I would do it. I can't no, even get, get down the, the stairs. Listen, I fancy that as well at three in the morning sometimes. <laughs> but to get my ass down the stairs to the kitchen? Nah, bollocks. If there's a private plane waiting I know. Let us, let's get in a limo, get on the private plane and... You know, wow, can I have more of those pills? Yeah, let's yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. get on the plane, on the plane, you know. Would no. you, um, given Elvis's access to all this stuff, would you have fallen down the rabbit hole the way Fuck did? Yeah. yeah. I think it's hard to deny that you would, right? In his position, I mean, I mean, desperate, I mean, rich, don't forget, we young. talk about, you know, Zeppelin or yeah. whoever it might be, and we've gone, well, they were writing the rules. You know, they, there were no rules. These yeah. days, at least you can look back and go, well, there's a, well, there, there's a mistake to, waiting to be made. But the fact with Elvis is that yeah, right. who could he look to? Yeah. <laughs> who had lived like Elvis? Yeah, right. Who had lived like Elvis? Poor bastard, really. I feel really Nero. sorry for him. Who? Oh, Nero. Nero, Caligula. You know, those are the nearest kind of... Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the serpent wasn't just in Elvis's garden. It was wrapped around his neck. <laughs> Bloody hell. Uh, it's a terrible story. Great music, though. Well, it's terribly sad. It's incredibly terribly sad. sad. But then, you know... It's only 42 when he died. Is he dead, Charles? He's is dead, he? Yeah, yeah, he's dead. They is found he? him arse in the air. He's dead. Is he, Joel? Did he's you listening. He's listening. Oh, the lights just went off in the studio. He's fucking listening. So he's that, not dead. That's a sign that Elvis lives. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. 
Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Dead Rock Stars with Mick Wall and Joel McIver. Am I right in saying that he pretty much did, for the years of the 70s, he just did Vegas, right? That was pretty much what he did. Or did he do other no, stuff? He did, no, he did do tours. He did Madison Square and things like that, but they uh, became less and less, as he became less and less able. Mm. He used to call it his TCB tours. He'd take care of business. Thank you very much, man. There you go, yeah. They would leave for like six weeks at a time, yeah. come back, stockpile loads of drugs, go back out for six weeks. But on the road... In Vegas or at home, at the mansion, same guys, mm. the Memphis Mafia, they called yeah, them. Yeah, right, Red West, Sunny West. All these guys that he'd Lama grown up fight. with that were just like a circle of yes men. Mm, until they broke away and they wrote that story, didn't they? Called Elvis. What happened? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, in the end, everybody was made money out of Elvis. Mm. Everybody. I wonder if Elvis's most important role, looking back, is as a precedent of where not to fuck up. And how not to, you know, get some demon to look after your career and give him that much uh, Well, it, it can be seen that way, but it, it doesn't seem to work, does it? Or we wouldn't have a podcast, you know. <laughs> Jim, As I say, Jim Morrison's two huge influences were Elvis Presley and Frank Sinatra. Mm. Robert Plant, Elvis Presley. John Lennon, Elvis Presley. Um, no one fell from as great a height as Elvis. No, that's true. But then no one has ever flown as high as he did. It's just extraordinary yeah. to think what might have been if the colonel hadn't come along and just completely ruined the whole thing, poisoned the well. Was he writing his own songs, Elvis? No. So creative capital is not an issue here because he didn't have any. He was a great singer. That's what he did. He sang Well, he was songs. a great singer. An interpreter of other people's tunes. And, and what they used to do was, if you had a song mm. for Elvis, the idea was, okay, well, you, you have to say it's by you and Elvis. <laughs> and Elvis will get 50% yeah, of that. That happens to this day. Uh, of course it does. Mm. But, I mean, uh, you know, David Bowie famously wrote... David Bowie. Golden years. Golden years. Golden years. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Did he know? Written for Elvis. That's a funny story. And Elvis David. rejected it. I've told you this story before, but I'm just going to say no, it No, please right? do, yes. Does this In the anything of, uh, to do with Glenn? No, it's not. It's the other okay. guy I did, but with Woody Woodmansey. I wrote Woody's book a couple years ago. He can told we just me remind people who story. Woody is? Oh, yeah, we, we can do that. Woody Woodmansey is the last man standing of the Spiders from Mars, right. which was uh, Bowie's backup band on various albums, including Ziggy Stardust. Uh, as opposed to Woody from the Bay City Rollers. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. to get that clear. No, you're quite right. Clear. No, that's no, important. Or Woody in the Faces. Uh, yeah, indeed. And, uh, or Woody Guthrie. In the middle of the recording of one of the albums, I've forgotten which one it was, it was either Ziggy Stardust or possibly Aladdin Insane. Bowie fucked off to New York to see Elvis play. So this would have been 71 or 72. I can't remember 72. which one it was. Right, yeah, yeah. And um, the great thing about this is that by then, Elvis was playing to a load of suits. So the audience was not full of dramatic-looking people. Right, so right. what did Bowie wear to go and see <laughs> Elvis? Dress. No, the full Ziggy. All right. <laughs> the full red mullet, the full gear, probably 10-inch platforms, massive shoulders covered in sparkle dust. Huge and he, balls And this is out. the sweet bit. He arrived late to the show, but his seat was at the front. <laughs> so Elvis was already on stage giving it, wow, thank you. And Ziggy had to walk all the way past all these fuckers and sit down and take his seat pretty much where the spotlights were. And he was incredibly embarrassed. He wasn't loving it and going, hey, I'm David. He was incredibly embarrassed. I love that story. 
bit you always neglect to mention, though, is where Elvis says to him from the stage, uh, hurry up, take a seat, ma'am. Uh, take a seat, ma'am. You look just like a diamond dog or no, something. No, ma'am. Oh, ma'am. Yeah. I'm sorry. Take a seat, take a seat. It's nice. Uh, we used to call the haircut a mullet or something. So, uh, where, where were we up to? You're not, still not getting it. I'm saying Elvis thought he was a girl. No, no, I, I did go after that. I just, didn't say mullet. No, I know. I had, so a, he had a No, I got know. it. I did get it. No, you, you, a girl. It was a he great, thought it was a girl. It was a Great joke. You didn't kind of allow it to breathe, though, did you? No, you, you shat on it. <laughs> you shat on my flower. So poor Elvis. He spends the 70s getting iller and iller, sicker and sicker, fatter and fatter. And the one thing you cannot higher do... Higher and higher. The one thing you cannot do in rock music is get fat. You just can't. I think your mate Jimmy Page said uh, Led Zeppelin could not have done the, the return gig at the O2 and O7 if he'd got fat or bald. Can't do that either. Right. It's true, right? Is that my reunion out the door, then? Um, well, uh... <laughs> You have other skills, other other Ooh. other nice things that, that are nice about you. No would have hurt, but you've got other... That's like saying, you know, when girls say to a guy, you know, I really yeah, love you... Just not in that way. ...as a friend. You might as well just say, fuck off and never come talk to me ever again, yeah. you twat. It's not relevant to the conversation, is it? <sighs> he was um, briefly engaged to... Uh, Priscilla. Well, no, Ginger Alden, I was going to say, in the last couple of years. Oh, life. the model. Yeah. And uh, he attracted these females who I think Ginger. didn't stay there. I can't be in that place hanging about with, with Elvis girl. at that point. Apparently, all he used to like doing was lying in his bed reading his spiritualist books, mm. all that kind of nonsense that mm. kept him going a little bit, while trying to do these fucking gigs in front of these people. I've watched a few videos like you of him in the last few years of his life, and he just looks ridiculous. Mm. Yeah, the karate moves. Even if he was wearing cool clothes, which of course he's not because it's Elvis in Vegas. Sorry, he's, are you? What are you saying? You don't like the jumpsuits? I'm not sure they... But they influence Ziggy. Well. Yeah, yeah. But they look crap, don't they? No. You need to be like the geezer out of the darkness to wear that Geezer? Style. Completely geezer thin. Geezer got a grey. You need to weigh about seven stone to get away wearing a cat In suit. fairness to Elvis, he did look the part, you know, from 68 to 69. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. But once you get into that... Yeah. Once um, you get a few subcutaneous lipids... Yeah, attached to you, yeah. then you can't pull it off quite as well. Is that like well. male tits? And his, moves. And his hair looked ridiculous, and he's, it was just nonsensically crap. And um, what saddens me a lot is that, you know, we all get old. We all look shit compared to the way we used to. Apart from well, you, you know, yeah, apart speak from for you. yourself, oh, yeah, you know. Compared to, I, compared to, to my our, wife, I, I get better as I get older. Do you know, my daughter found, <laughs> found a passport photo of me from about 15 years ago and said, wow, Dad, you used to be quite hot. I was like, oh, why don't you just punch me in the face while you're out yeah, my daughters go, wow, Dad, you used to have hair. Mm. It's cruel, isn't it? It's I still cruel. have. I just yeah, yeah. choose to not reveal it. Yeah, it just comes out of my nose. Well, it's just on my, my back. Head. I just wear it like a pelt <laughs> it's these on me, days. It's on my Shrek feet. Fucking <laughs> okay, hell. The producer just told us when he got ten minutes left, by the way. As long as that. So cry, keep keep, keep padding, keep can't padding. Make any more facial hair jokes. We so, are, are Elvis, we not heading downhill Elvis. to the inevitable and tragic death of Elvis Aaron and, and afterlife. I mean, we need to talk about that as well because at the end of the day, mm. you know, it's a sad story. Oh, you it's know, awful. And, and he is being flippant, but found dead. So what happened? Yeah, August seventy-seven. What happened to him? Well, we know what happened. He OD'd and he died. But what really happened? Oh, I was building up to that point. I think we know that. The story is. I'll tell you what the oh, ostensible facts are: oh, that he was out. he was okay. on the loo. Ginger Alden found him mm. uh, face forward with his arse in there, having mm. rigor mortis having settled in. So the idea is that he had a massive heart attack. For well, it, well, he'd settled in as well because he was constipated. That's another major symptom of being a junkie is, is you don't shit for days. So he was taking tons of laxatives mm. and he's on there trying to squeeze one out Mm-mm. from his bottom, possibly the front as well. Maybe he had a heart Reading attack because of the effort. 
I don't even know if he had a heart attack. I think all that was bullshit. Stroke? Matt, no, he overdosed. Oh, the I man see. was taking a shitload of drugs. So his heart stopped because of the amount of drugs in his system. Whatever an overdose does to you, you know, whatever happened to Janice and Jimmy and right. all the rest of them, that's what happened to Elvis. But they glossed over it. The post-mortem mm. was a mm. joke. Mm. It was, you know, it was, uh-huh, uh-huh, friend of Red West, you know, or something like that. <laughs> Out of respect for the family. You know, it was all that bullshit. Well, keep those DL secret for the moment. And then it came yeah. out as the years went by that yeah, actually this guy was a pincushion, you know. Mm. But here's my point, is what really happened to him was, you know, we talk about marks for career move. Mm. John Lennon famously said when he was told, there were two quotes. Johnny Rotten was being interviewed by Rolling Stone when the news broke. Mm. They said, oh, Johnny, Elvis died. And he went, good riddance to bad rubbish. And John Lennon went, good career move <laughs> did he didn't yeah. he say something like Elvis died years ago when he went in the army what, didn't it? was that earlier later look you're shitting on my fucking joke again it, it, you've shat on my flower twice say the joke you again. are the colonel what did Lennon, and I am Elvis what did Lennon actually say fat Elvis what did Lennon actually say no no fuck <laughs> the moment's passed if you so, want to hear it everyone just goes so, goodbye so, and you'll hear it so suddenly there's the Elvis industry do you know uh, that the day after he died there were so few mourners that they actually went as far as trying to publicise it because it was like it didn't have a thing. People had been seeing him going for years. It didn't come as a shock to the people of Memphis. Mm. But then they drummed it up. So by the time of the funeral, you've now got these pictures of these motorcades, hundreds and thousands of people lining the street. Elvis, come back to us! But that was almost another colonel move, drumming the whole thing up. Well, it was or it wasn't? It was. It was. So the point is, is that by the time Elvis went, mm. he'd been going so long. It wasn't like if he'd died in '68 or '58. Yeah, right. Now you've got Jim Morrison, James Dean, Jimi Hendrix. But when he died, it was like he, he may as well have died of old age. Yeah, I mean he was 42, which is old for a rocker. But I mean, in terms of the perception of him and whether yeah. he was interesting anymore, mm-hmm. you know, all the pictures had come out of him looking dreadful, been mm. going on for years. And the know. youth didn't give a fuck about him, right? They were no. listening to no the damned. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, well, in, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the Ramones. Blondie. What was cool in 1977 in America? The Eagles. The Eagles. <laughs> Fleetwood Mac. So, now comes the point where Elvis sells more records dead than alive. Now comes the huge industry of people that, you know, when you do have an yeah. Elvis tribute act, I yeah. saw one recently... It's the full Vegas look. Has to be. It has to be. No, you, you know. By the 1990s, you've got Dread Zeppelin. Oh, yeah, right. Which is a short guy dressed as Fat Elvis yeah. <laughs> doing uh, Led Zeppelin songs in a reggae style. I love that. They had a lot of coverage in Correct. I wrote the That's stories why, and yeah. I appeared on stage with them at the marquee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> doing what? Singing? Playing guitar. They had a shtick where every night at every gig they get some guy to come on, dress him up on guitar, and at the end of the first number they would sack him and he'd have to leave the stage <laughs> in Brilliant, shame. really. And they'd get the crowd to go, boo, boo, get <laughs> off, get off. They tore Elvis going, you're spying the whole fucking thing. <laughs> get out of here. Be gone from Telvis's sight. They must be still going, surely. Probably. I hope so. Probably. I do hope so. I saw a brilliant Elvis impersonation show the other day. The guy just mesmerised me. He had all the moves right down. He had a TCB necklace. He had the hair. He did all the shit. I love it. Well, you can now be married in Vegas by Elvis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. In fact, I know someone that was. Right. You know, it's like, I hereby pronounce you a man away. You take this man to be your I can't do it. You do it. Lawful widow wife. What do you mean, a lawful widow wife? And you have to go, instead of going, I do, you go, uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. See, what's amazing is that we all have this image of Elvis. I put it to you, Mick. That there is no other rock star that we everyone can do an impression of quite as readily as Elvis. Right, we can right. all do this stupid stuff, can't we? And they I look the white fucking costume and laugh at all that. Who else? We don't but do that about McCartney. Bill we don't do that about Lord, Lennon. You know, we don't do it about. We don't do it about any other dead person. Shannon. People do Freddie impressions, I suppose, don't they? They get up do and they? dance around. Yeah, I've got oh, a mate yeah, who does it professionally. Yeah, but, but they don't sit around in the armchair going, <laughs> uh huh. Thank you very much. I ain't got any more drugs than cheeseburger, man. Thank you very much. Every, re- every red-blooded you male and you, man. Every red-blooded male in the world thinks he can do a good Elvis impression and a Chrissy Bank impression as well. And a quite what? Chrissy <laughs> Bank. Is this my moment when I get to my Chrissy Bank? Chrissy Bank famously said, "I am not merely a boxer. When I step into the ring, I am also an artist." Uh huh. So everybody thinks they can do Sean Connery, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Elvis Presley, and Chrissy Bank. Hang on, hang on. Sean Connery, James, James. Yeah, you're right in there. James Bond. Yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, fuck that. Get to the chopper. Yeah, all that stuff. Right. So the point is that Elvis is up there with these idiotic impressions that everyone can do one. No one does that about George Harrison. No one does that about bloody David Bowie. Well, hang on. <laughs> you, you do on every I've fucking episode. Myself David. Out of that one. All right, good. So he died. I am uh, many different personae. Anthony Newley. Tommy Steele. The, the, um, the Colonel. The little white bull. If anyone doesn't know, we call this podcast Dead Rock Stars because they can't sue you if they're dead. And uh, when I come to talk about... No, we about, call it uh, Dead Rock Stars because it's about dead rock stars. Well, they're, 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 I like and to think And the reason we mesh, do Dead Rock Stars mesh. is because they can't sue can't you. Can't bloody sue us. So, Colonel Parker died in, what, 2002? Right, 2006? I don't fucking know. Yeah. Was it like that? He died, no one know. cared. No one cared. Yeah, no one cared apart from his wife. He died saying... You fuckers, I've got the last laugh. My wife knows all the details. She knows where all the all, bodies all, are buried. All she knows wives the lot. know all details. Yeah. I, don't know if she's, I don't know if she's still extant, but uh, the point is he's dead, and I don't think anyone mourned him. Right. I mean, it was, became well known how he treated Elvis, and how he'd exploited the hell out of him to the point of death mm. and beyond. No, right? no, definitely beyond is the point we're at yeah. now. You he's know, the best selling dead artist of all, isn't he? He's sold incredible amounts of tat. Yeah. And reissues come out every 20 minutes. But yeah, but as well as the tat, you know, a little less conversation. Oh, I fucking hated that. I loved that. Shut up. I, fuck you, man. That's Elvis's finest moment. A big beat version of a the Elvis. Song. Stop it. Stop. 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 Sing another song that everyone likes. I'm coming on a trap. I'm having a crack and walk out. Didn't uh, the Fine Young Cannibals do a great version of that? I hated the Fine Young Cannibals. But you liked the Junkie XL remix of A Little Less Conversation. A Little Less Conversation, a little more action. Let's not forget, you also like Metal Machine Music by Lou Reed, I thought I'd throw it out. Oh, really? What did Elvis think of that album? Well, had he lived long enough to have heard it, he no doubt uh, would have enjoyed it. I don't know. 75. He was alive when it came out. Yeah, he loved it. He d- used to end his set with it. I know he hated disco. He used to refer to the... <laughs> you mentioned disco. Look what happens when you mention disco. <laughs> Is that your fire alarm? No, was it your fire alarm? Right, come on, let's, let's wind this let's wind it up. All right, what time is it? Time to go. Oh, is it time to go? All right, Mick. So, look, frankly, Elvis died. We're sad. Very sad because it's such a tragic, bloody story. Music's wonderful. Yeah, I've had enough now. So, how do we get from Elvis Presley to our next dead rock star? Well, uh-huh. both Elvis and our next 
the Ed Rockstar surnames begin with P. Coincidence? I, I think, think not. not. While Elvis was out at the front, bloody hell, we really are struggling. Our next artist was to be found at the back of the stage. Now, who plays at the back of the stage? Mm-hmm. Penultimately, Elvis's Marie's the name, his latest flame was covered by Brian May and our next dead rock star. And finally, and this is horrible, while Elvis was infamous for his impacted stools, <laughs> I'll say that again, impacted stools, our next dead rock star would also have an impacted stool at the end of every gig. This has been a uh, yet another fantastic Seven Digital production. Produced Even if by, we uh, say so ourselves. Produced by a geezer called Ian Callahan, who's pretty weird, to Gorgeous be looking, um, But he looks nice. Kind uh, of Elvis, like a young Elvis. He looks after his hair. Like a young Elvis. He looks like a young Elvis. And uh, frankly, I'm going to say goodbye to you. Goodbye. Dead rock stars has left the building. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.